time for business now with RNZ's business editor, Giles Beckford. And Giles, ANZ profits are through the roof. Thank you to Charlotte. Yes, you could probably see or hear the smiles creasing the faces of ANZ bank executives. A bumper profit, a record full-year profit of uh, $2 billion. $2.3 billion was the bottom line. Uh, up 20% on the year before. And if you leave aside the one-offs and the underlying cash profit was up 8% to just over $2 billion. I can't remember when uh, corporate in this country hit the $2 billion mark. But the bank is warning that may well be some dark clouds on the horizon. And Chief Executive Antonia Watson says the housing market was buoyant for much of the year with a $5 billion increase in home lending. However, she says the, that market's gone quiet. And the bank has increased its provision for possible bad debts in the coming year to $750 million. That's because of tougher economic conditions ahead. We've had a reasonably good year. We've had housing growth. We've had people really you know, wanting to spend post-COVID. I think that sort of thing will come to a halt a bit and you'll see you know, banks and customers tightening their belts a bit and us looking out for our customers more as things get tougher. And Antonia Watson says the situation is much the same for businesses. We've really seen a degree of conservatism since COVID of both not taking out, you know, new lending at high rates because everyone's just a bit scared of being too indebted, saving more, paying down debt more. So businesses have positioned themselves well. However, one of the measures to keep inflate to get inflation under control has been change people's ability to have disposable spending money because they have to pay more interest rates and that will impact some businesses. ANZ's Australian parent group reported a 16% increase in its full-year profit to $7.1 billion Australian dollars. Auckland-based casino operator Sky City has been dealt a blow with a $220 million deal for its Auckland car park set to be torn up. Macquarie Principal Finance bought the concession to operate the 3,200 car parks in early 2019. Well, that was before the facilities were significantly damaged after a fire at the convention centre later the same year. Ananzaki has more. Sky City says it's received a termination notice off the deal from Macquarie because the car parks weren't available to be handed over by the 22nd of October deadline. It says under the terms of the agreement, it's required to take back the operation of all car parks. Any compensation paid to Macquarie will be determined by market pricing and processes set out in its agreement. Sky City says it has options for financing the buyback off the car parks, which will likely be reacquired later this year or early next year. It comes against the backdrop of court action between Fletcher Building, which is rebuilding the convention centre, and its insurers over who should ultimately pay the bill to Macquarie. Uh, we did ask Sky City for an interview to ask uh, for some further clarifications and questions, but they declined to provide any further comment. Well, the long-term value of KiwiSaver as a retirement savings scheme is likely being undermined by easy conditions, low contribution rates, exemptions and its voluntary status. Well, that's the view coming from an investment research firm, a survey by Morningstar of 14 countries' investment and savings schemes, suggests KiwiSaver can't be relied on to deliver full funding for investors on their retirement. Morningstar's Director of Data, Greg Bunkle, see, sees a couple of lessons to be drawn from the survey, which could be used to improve KiwiSaver and benefit local investment markets as well. I think that the, the key one is to kind of is to make we, we want to make KiwiSaver 
guarantee that more people will retire, um, you know, comfortably. And so I think there's areas to look at compared to some other markets where some of the rules are a bit tighter. Um, you know, if we can get a larger, uh, if we can get, you know, um, more companies that are listing, we give equity managers better chance to kind of increase their weighting to New Zealand companies. Um, that that would be that would be something that I think would uh, benefit would benefit long term savings in New Zealand um, and grow our capital markets. That's Greg Bunkle, the director of data at Morningstar. Billionaire Elon Musk's forty-four billion U.S. dollar deal to buy the social network Twitter could be one of the worst takeovers in history. The Tesla and SpaceX boss looks set to complete the deal for fifty-four dollars twenty a share. It was after a U.S. court ordered him to close the transaction by the end of this week. New York University marketing professor Scott Galloway says the Twitter deal's overpriced and it'll be the worst takeover since America's online acquisition of Time Warner in 2001, shortly before the dot-com bubble burst. I think Elon Musk is on the green mile of, on day one, executing what will be the second worst acquisition in history. Uh, You mentioned Snap, Snap, Meta, all down 40 to 60% since Elon Musk started acquiring shares in March, meaning that the natural level of Twitter should be around 10 to 15 bucks. And he's showing up with 54.20. So on day one, that $33 billion in equity has to come up with is, is eviscerated. Scott Galloway from New York University Stern School of Business. Reports have been coming in in the past hour or so that uh, big banks are set to provide 13 billion US dollars to back the takeover. Well, let's catch up and see how financial markets are faring with Harry Wigley of Hobson Wealth Cure to you, Harry. Hi, Joel. Well, it wasn't a particularly happy day on Wall Street, especially for technology stocks. And we looked like we had a bit of a muted start to the day as well. Yeah, look, pretty mixed uh, results overnight. The the Nasdaq down two percent, uh, while the Dow Jones was flat. Uh, here in New Zealand, we are up a touch, four points to eleven thousand and fifty. Um, the big names there, uh, Sky City, you mentioned, is down uh, over one percent to two dollars sixty eight. EBOS up uh, a little over one percent at thirty six fifty four, and Contact Energy also up over one percent to. $7.25. How's it looking in Australia? Um, Australia up slightly as well, 23 points, 6,834. ANZ Bank uh, is down 3.8% after their profit announcement, uh, and look, that's largely around the potential tough times ahead. Um, other big names, BHP up 2.5% to $39.50, and Rio Tinto 1.4% up to 93 Uh, 93.18. I noticed the New Zealand dollar managed to nudge above 58 US cents where it hasn't been for a few weeks. What's the state of play at the moment? Yeah, so still above 58 at 58.20, so highest since mid-September. Against the Aussie, uh, 89.85. Against the pound, 50 and 12. And against the euro, 57.80. And that leaves us with interest rates, oil and gold. Uh, Three-month bank bill is 4.12%. 10-year government bond, 4.37%. Brent crude, 95.69. And gold uh, back down at 1,664.
Kiora. Thank you very much. Harry Wigley of Hobson Wealth. A couple of other items. Business users lunch hour. The information management and courier company Freightways has given an update on first quarter trading. Says it's up 6% on the year ago. Just over $19 million uh, is the profit. Uh, and it says it's mindful of a possible recession, but it's yet to see any material impact on customers. And Reserve Bank Governor Adrian Orr, ever mindful of the battle against inflation, has repeated that the rate here is still too high, but the economy is relatively well positioned to meet challenges. He's told a financial services conference uh, this morning that New Zealand's financial system uh, can support the economy through tougher times, but he's given a clear warning that perhaps that might be at the expense of employment.